You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a music and tech PR firm. I'm recording this right as the coronavirus pandemic is ramping up in the United States, and we've seen an immediate halt to all live, in-person musical performances worldwide. A few major tech conferences were canceled starting as early as February 12th, when a Mobile World Conference canceled. It was to be held 12 days later, and it really hit the music industry hard on March 6th when the city of Austin forced South by Southwest to cancel. For many in music, this was the first indicator that the coronavirus that was causing a major health crisis in China was going to impact the rest of the world and put a halt to pretty much all real-life performances. Now, less than three weeks later, it's March 23rd, artists and bands are taking to Facebook Live and Twitch and other platforms to try their hand at live streaming, either to engage their fans or to see if they can make up for lost income from live performances they expect to be doing this spring. I have one such artist with me today, but she's not new to live streaming. She did just have what could have been a devastating cancellation of a 20-day April and May tour here in the United States, hitting every major market. But she's turned to live stream her entire tour and has already made up for the loss she would have taken had live streaming not been available. I thought it would be great to chat with this live streaming ninja right away and get her tips for live streaming concerts for fans and income. Her name is Emma McGann, M-C-G-A-N-N, online at emmamcgann.com. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, Emma. How are you holding up? I'm doing okay. Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah, we did uh, back in June when we were at Meetem uh, in Cannes in France. We did a uh, an episode with you specifically about how you use smart speaker skills to engage your fans, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We it was different circumstances back then, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, we were in a big group with lots of people at a party actually uh, along the the croissette in in Cannes and uh someone told me about what you were doing and and we grabbed the closest space we could find to record a quiet interview <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> yeah it was a little closet I remember it was pretty hot the closet got pretty pretty warm there <laughs> when duty calls and you got a podcast that's you got to do what you got to do <laughs> that's, that's right you're you're a good sport about that and it was really interesting to see what you're doing with smart speakers at that point which I know you've continued to do more which we'll get into um, but listeners can go back to June 2019 and, and check out that episode with Emma about uh, about smart speakers so anyway did I get the facts right about your tour in the intro you did, yeah. Pretty much like, you know, nail on the head there. We, um, you know, scheduled a 21-day tour in the U.S. It's something that we've been, you know, compiling and planning for a good couple of years now, um, considering I'm a U.K. Uh, artist trying to, you know, come over and, and do that. I mean, there's complications there anyway. So it took a while to get into place. Uh, we were expected to go out uh, from April through to June. So big, long kind of haul of a tour. Um, and, you know, no one could have anticipated it like many other artists you know we uh kind of had that uh feeling uh a couple of weeks ago that maybe it wasn't going to be a reality unfortunately um so uh, last year we um decided to look into uh because of my backstory and my career as a live streamer uh, we wanted to integrate a virtual element uh, to the tour. It was, you know, really important to me uh, to be able to make it accessible to people that might not even be able to uh, make it, even if they're in, on the other side of the US. So 
including a virtual element to the physical dates was something that was really interesting to me. So we began integrating that at a very early stage through um, a kind of virtual tour pass that people could pick up uh, online. Um, and then, you know, snap back to two weeks ago, um, obviously COVID-19 becomes a thing and, you know, we're matched with the reality of, wait, we cannot do the physical tour dates now. Um, we have the virtual tour pass uh, almost already and in place. Uh, perhaps we can, you know, still do those shows in a virtual sense. So we're looking at not obviously cancelling the physical dates, thankfully, because of the virtual tour pass and because of people's support there already. We've actually been able to recoup uh, our losses for for the kind of rescheduling, uh, you know, so all of our flights or accommodation, all those fees, uh, thankfully have been um, recouped uh, and we're now looking at rescheduling in, in September, October, uh, hopefully if, you know, this all blows over uh, quicker than we anticipate. So, yeah. How did you feel when you first saw that the, the tour dates were going to need to get canceled? Um, funnily enough, I was actually live streaming. Um, I was performing for fans online uh, on uh, YouNow, a platform that uh, I've used for years. And my fans in the chat actually informed me uh, that Donald Trump had made an address um, that, you know, travel was to be restricted from Europe uh, to the US. And, you know, obviously earlier on, it was not said that the UK would be uh, included in that. But I kind of just knew um, then and there that it would escalate and I just had a had a feeling that you know things would just progressively get got get worse so the fans kind of let me know mid live stream and immediately had questions themselves about the tour will this affect your tour and um, I had to kind of be straight up with them uh, and uh, say well potentially yes <laughs> so that's how we kind of found out and it was it was a shame we'd already uh, announced the tour dates um, but, you know, it's a sensible thing to do to kind of, kind of, uh, you know, start rescheduling. Um, and just thankfully, we had the virtual tour pass option uh, in place. That's a pretty lucky situation in the, in a sense that you've got this, the, you had this momentum already that, that, that has worked really well for where all of the planet is going right now um, under the circumstances. You know what? Let's 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 go to the basics. Would it be all right if we start with the basics for our listeners who may be artists or might be working with artists to figure out how to leverage live streaming for their careers? Sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think for musicians now more than ever is a perfect time to, you know, start integrating live streaming into your existing strategy. Um, uh, you know, there's platforms out there that you can uh, work on in terms of building an audience in order to get uh, partnered to begin monetizing your content. So platforms like YouNow, like Twitch, uh, rely on a partner program uh, for you to be able to start earning money. Um, of course, we've seen across, you know, Facebook, uh, across Twitter, Instagram, over the last three or four years, live streaming is now uh, integrated. Um, a lot of artists have actually reached out to me in the last uh, couple of weeks asking how they can uh, monetize straight away. Obviously, like for, with YouNow, Twitch, it takes a while to work up to match the criteria that they um, require you to, you know, become partnered and start making money. So a couple of tips that I've um, given to people um, 
especially those just starting out. Uh, number one, away from monetization, is be interactive with your audience um, wherever you are, uh, whatever platform you're um, using. Interaction is key because, you know, live streaming is um, that format people aren't watching a YouTube video they're not just sitting back and watching they want to lean into the content and interact and be a part uh, of your broadcast so I think interaction is important if you're performing a, a short set uh, make sure you're speaking to your audience mid you know in between songs make sure maybe you're asking them to request uh, you know always keep the audience in mind in in uh, a sense of trying to monetize um you know, live streams across, you know, Instagram Live or Facebook Live, where, you know, it's not already uh, integrated into the platforms itself. What I've been telling artists is think about um, setting up a visible uh, a, a donate link in case people do want to drop a tip or two. So perhaps um, a, a visible uh, paypal.me link uh, or something like that. So they know that they can help out if they want. Um, but the most important um the most important monetization tool you can use in any live streaming scenario is call to action unless you you know actually say to the audience um you know i have a new single on bandcamp a new ep a new album i have new merch uh, or i have a donate link without saying that i think there's less chance that you know they'll they'll know about it so it's it's really important while live streaming you know interact with the audience but also mention the avenues um that they can support you on whether it's patreon whether it's you know um any anything you got going on whether it's new merch so always actually remember to say it it sounds very simple but it's very easy to forget when you're in the moment and you're and uh, you're live streaming with fans emma let me ask you you started talking about different platforms so you mentioned you now y-o-u-n-o-w some of our listeners may not have heard of that it seems to be one of those platforms that like you either know about or you don't <laughs> there's not a lot of people yeah. who are like oh i've heard of this thing i'll check it out it's 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 a very engaged audience that's where your your biggest kind of um live streaming audience is is that right that's correct. Yeah, I've I kind of started on you now, maybe six years ago now. Uh, organically, you know, grew this wonderful audience who are just so interactive. Um, it's very much like a community on you now, um, and that's really what I fell in love with. Um, and you know, the kind of interaction there, you know, relies on a visual chat. Um, it relies on uh, people dropping stickers and getting uh, involved in the in the uh, chat in different ways they can send you fan mail they can guest in um just all these wonderful um elements where they can feel um a part of the broadcast so yeah you now is where i i started out uh, and that was about six years ago now and so you now and twitch are kind of set up for this kind of interaction this this sort of audience community building type experience whereas some of the other ones are are streaming uh, kind of live streaming features as part of a social media community. So they have some of that as well, but they're not, that's not like monetization, for example, is not core to like Facebook live, for example. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so I guess I'm curious, what are the pros and cons for somebody? Let's say somebody's never been on you now. They've never been on Twitch. Maybe they've toyed a little bit with, with Facebook live or, or one of the other, you know, uh, Instagram live, some, something like that. What would you, what would you do first? Would you just play with the kind of like wherever you already have your base, even if it doesn't have this kind of interactivity and monetization feature, or would you say spend some time and energy either on Twitch or you now where you can start to build your audience in a place where it's going to be easier 
to both be interactive and monetize? I think like the key is, you know, really um, engaging with uh, new people on these platforms. I think building an audience is is, is really important, um, especially on you now and 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 Twitch. Um, you know, co- community is key, and um, you know, being real with people and you know, sharing your journey as a musician. I think viewers uh, on platforms like you now and Twitch really appreciate that. Um, I think you know, musicians out there that are looking to you know immediately monetize and do anything else. I feel like it's a path that's not going to work for you. Um, you can't just expect to make money straight off the bat, uh, especially you know if you're in the mindset of uh, you know kind of not expecting to reciprocate with the people uh watching you it's a two-way avenue um you know I, I don't necessarily think of the people that watch me as fans anymore because live streaming is such a um it's a friendly atmosphere I think of these people as friends you know they're supporting me they're tuning in every single day um and I just think you know building that audience is such a such a key factor um you know from from an artist's point of view to have that connection with your fans is such a beautiful thing um and it really makes um you flourish as an artist i think having that uh having that direct line of communication with them so i you know i would advise like uh, any musician out there you know don't just jump on live streaming if if you know it's it's a avenue that you think oh it's you know maybe it's a a quick way to quick way to make money online uh by sharing my music it's totally not and you know that shouldn't be the front forefront idea in your mind uh really the the most i think one of the most important things you'll ever get out of live streaming is the communities that come with it these supportive lovely communities that just you know rally around um artists and their music and really come together to support it's it's um it's an it's a beautiful refreshing uh community away from you know if you're if you're used to playing uh venues and perhaps you're just starting out and you're uh struggling and you know you you find we've all been there finding it hard to get people to listen in the room maybe they're talking over you uh totally different atmosphere on live streaming they are there to listen to you and to interact and and support your music so uh key key thing is to remember is to really build that audience and and just give them a good show that's what they're there for so it sounds like what you're suggesting is that not that you're going to jump in with monetization right out of the gate but that you're really just building audience building community uh having having that kind of two-way street conversation through performance and and comments and all that kind of stuff and then later you need to worry about uh you know how that starts to build uh, an income is that right yeah, I would 100%. I think um, you've got to be looking to invest the time and uh, get to know the people that are, are beginning to, um, you know, discover you. That's that's so important. Yeah. So a lot of artists, I think, have gone a more traditional path of, you know, working in the studio, doing songwriting, pr- producing, recording, then releasing it for stream, then maybe touring live or even just doing local performances to start to build a local audience. Let's say this artist is just deciding, all right, I'm going to start live streaming now. What do they do to prepare their existing audience to get them engaged? They've already got some people paying attention to them, but not necessarily on a platform like you now or Twitch. What's, how do they, how do they bring, do they bring that audience to them, to this new platform that's new for them? Or do they treat it almost like, oh, this is another tour market? 
Yeah, I, I think it's, um you know, it's important to live stream on platforms that where your existing audience is for sure. Um, but, you know, if you are looking to move across to pl- a platform like you now, um, you know, almost setting yourself a schedule and informing uh your your uh, kind of audience through you know your mailing list or other social media is a good way to get started um you know i feel i feel like um if people i think we people are very very much still in, in the mindset of if there's a schedule and they know exactly when to tune in they will tune in very much like a tv guide i think some people do enjoy that kind of regimented knowing when to tune in uh, as opposed to the spontaneous uh, jump on instagram live kind of dynamic you got going on but I feel if, um, you know, you can set up a weekly schedule, maybe you want to go live uh, Wednesday and Friday nights at 8 p.m., um, you know, letting that audience know on your existing platforms if you are looking to start uh, to jump across to you now is 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 a good way to do that. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those... Um, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, pulling an audience across to any other platform or any other app can can be difficult. You know, um, one thing I would uh, advise is, you know, try you, you now out um, first and foremost anyway to get used to it yourself, not necessarily worrying about, you know, advertising it everywhere just yet. Get a feel for it and then maybe, uh, you know, take a screenshot uh of of um a video of your yourself broadcasting on you now and then share that to your socials to show off uh, exactly what they can expect um so they know what they're tuning into when you know you come to share your schedule of when you're going to go be going live that would be my advice that's great that's great yeah and and uh, are there uh, let's say between twitch and you now or any other popular platforms are there specific genres that do better on one or another or age groups that do better on one or another do, are, are you sure do you know about that or or do you only know your own fan base and where they are it seems to be, from my experience anyway, it is a very broad spectrum. Um, I get a lot of um, young musicians starting out, coming on to coming on to you now, asking advice. Um, I get people who have been, you know, musicians themselves who have, you know, toured the world, come in and um, so it's it's just really all over the place, um, which is a good thing, I guess, um, and it's kind of good data to take away from it. Um, another kind of um, another piece of advice I give to people. Um, uh, away from the kind of you now side of things and having your audience on that platform um, and interacting with them there. Um, if you're looking to, um, you know, share that schedule with them across socials, across socials, another great way of um, interacting uh, with them and keeping them informed is through Discord. So Discord is a, um, it's like a community, uh, a community platform. Uh, initially, I think it was built for gamers, um, and it's just a good kind of. It's kind of like a, a dashboard for updating audiences that want to, you know, be a part of your your Discord chat. Um, so, in my Discord, for example, I usually inform them of. Uh, new singles that are coming up, or you know, new events they might want to be uh, a part of. But um, uh, it's a great tool for community building in terms of you know they get to know each other as well uh, because they all have uh, a kind of common interest uh, which is which is you um, but yeah like uh, in terms of like the demographic side of things it really is it really is a mixed bag um, and you kind of do get that kind of uh, you get you get that feeling when you know you're interacting with the chat um, you know that, that you know they're from all over the world first of all and that it's just a, a wide range of people. I think on Instagram, my audience is um, 
is 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 a little bit younger i feel mm -hmm. um so it's uh you know i see that when i go live on instagram um so typically i like to you know try and reach as many people as possible so that's just another reason why you know you now is a good uh a good uh tool for reaching more and more people so Discord, I'm, I'm familiar with. I haven't used it. I'm, I'm, I'm a Slack user myself, and I understand that there's some overlap there. But d is your Discord use in conjunction with live streaming? Are you using Discord at the same time that you're live streaming, or it's, a se it's an additional community that you've kind of set up? So it's kind of like an add-on um, add tool for people to uh, keep informed outside of the broadcast. So it's Got it. it's, sep it's separate. Um, it's a text-based, you know, um, you can uh, set up different channels depending on the information uh, fans want to uh, be uh, informed of. So, you know, for example, we have uh, some just like fun chat channels where they can share just funny GIFs or memes that they find. <laughs> um, we have a channel where, you know, uh, if they're songwriters themselves, they can go in there and discuss uh, what projects they've got going on or they can ask advice and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's just such a good, um, great tool to get keep your community like uh, it's, it's almost like um, hosting uh, your street team in a place somewhere right. online where they can get to know one another, um, which I think is such a such a powerful thing uh, to have. And also just a really nice uh, a nice thing to kind of see everyone together, get to know uh, one another through your music. It's very cool. It's it's interesting because we're here talking about live streaming, but you keep bringing it back to community, like this Discord thing. It's not about the live streaming at all, but it's just about another way to engage with this this community, um, which is a really cool way to keep thinking about the, the live streaming aspect as well. What, what about technical preparation? In particular, your, um, I mean, yeah, sure, the technology, uh, maybe, you know, what are, not necessarily like what are the specs of every piece of equipment that you're using, but what kinds of equipment should people be considering and then also maybe talk about the performance space for doing live streaming sure so first of all with performance space uh, obviously ideally a quiet atmosphere if you have you know a spare room in your house or maybe it's in your bedroom um, your dining room it's always a good idea to pre-prep so you don't get uh, in interrupted mid-broadcast if your neighbors start banging on the door if you you know kicking out a riff at you know 11 p.m um you know i i have a spare room myself and it, we've kind of built a wall inside a inside the room uh, which is kind of soundproof um always think about treating the room you're you know you're setting up in and if you have a space that you can dedicate to your broadcasting and you know the content you upload online it makes it a lot easier if it's something that you're willing to do uh regularly that's currently what i have uh set up at home it's where i'm sat now uh in my kind of jungle themed studio mm -hmm. uh and so yeah um always think about treating your space um and also when it comes to the equipment um if you are looking at a standalone uh setup at home and not necessarily something remote you know, you want to be thinking about um, uh, the specs of your PC, of course. Uh, you want to be thinking about a sound card, uh, a decent microphone. There's plenty on the market that are affordable, um, even, a, you know, a USB mic. Um, you want to think about uh, the camera that you're going to use. Webcams are great. Um, Logitech, I uh, would, you know, always always push it in their direction. And lighting is also very, very important too i think um you know 
people are used to tuning into a live stream where you know people are just on their phones and you know they don't necessarily have uh lighting set up and like like stellar audio all the time um and i think that's that works really well as well especially if you're just chilling out with fans or you're doing a q a or you know whatever the deal, deal is but uh in terms of like a, a more more kind of uh professional uh audio setup you know i think thinking about lighting as well is is a really good is a really good thing i think your audience will thank you for being able to see you a little better <laughs> uh so that's uh that's something to bear in mind for setup. cool and you recently uh, did a guest piece in uh, musictech.net, which we'll link to in our program notes, where you actually talk about the specific uh, uh, specs of all your, your technology as well. So um, listeners can go and check that out, or, or you can just go to musictech.net and search for Emma McGann, and you'll find the piece she just put out a few days ago, Eight Pro Tips for Live Streaming. If you, if you want to get technical, she's, she's got that info for you there. So. <laughs> Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the performance itself a little bit. You talked about it earlier in the in the conversation. How's it different from an in person show? What's the right length? How much banter do you have? You talked about interspersing, um, you know, talking to the audience rather than singing. Let's go into a tiny bit more depth about that. How, how is it overall? How's it different from an in person concert? I mean, first of all, you don't have the actual physical eyeballs in front of you so I, I understand for a lot of people it can be such a weird experience when I first set up for my first live stream it felt kind of awkward and you know addressing uh, a camera as opposed to um, you know actual physical people can be weird for some people that aren't used to that so um, I feel like you know starting out it's it's what works for you really uh duration wise um i would say if you can hang out with people for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to get started i think people appreciate that time frame um you know you can look at it from um a perspective of uh the it's a length of your typical live show you can do it like that um but i would leave room you know to uh to interact with people in between and in terms of like the format um, I think content-wise, it's so good to have a a, a balance of um, a, for for a musician anyway to have that balance of uh, you know live music, uh, whatever you're sharing, originals, covers, but also um, that personality. People want to tune in and, and get to know the person behind the music because they don't necessarily get to do that on a personal level uh, at a show. So you know you have this bonus opportunity to. Uh, show them a little bit of who you are and you know tell them more about the songs and uh, perhaps they have a specific question so I think you know that's something to really um, remember to um, to you know involve in in the conversation in however you're formatting uh, your live streams um, yeah it comes down to your your own preferences really and also trial and error like some things are going to work for you and feel and feel good and the flow is going to feel right others perhaps not if you're sat there for an hour uh you know and the kind of doing song after song that isn't working for you or you feel like the interaction's a little bit low maybe you need to mix it up a little bit introduce think of it as a as a show in regards to like a podcast or or a radio show maybe you want to introduce segments where you're opening up fan mail or uh, you're spotlighting uh, a fan who has sent you uh, a cover that they've just done of your new song or something like that. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, including segments where 
um, it's fan focused is such a cool thing uh, that I think audiences appreciate as well. Um, you know, maybe even think about doing some form of interactive game with them. We play games quite a lot, um, not necessarily just video games, but uh, we'll play Guess the Song sometimes where I'll just launch into a random song and, you know, the first person who gets the artist and the song title correct in the chat, they get, you know, 10 points. And, you know, at the end of like 20 minutes, person who gets the most points, they, they you know, they win an album or they win a piece of merch, something like that. That's um, cool. So, yeah, just like balancing that personality content with music is important. Um, it's really about feeling out a format that really works for you, your music, your brand, and something that you're comfortable with. Because at the end of the day, you're the one in front of the camera and uh, you've got to be happy with the with the content you're putting out there. So, you know, you have to kind of pay attention to the comments. They're obviously not on audio or usually not on video unless you bring them in as a guest or something. How how do you manage performing, kind of keeping your kind of your your cadence and then also monitoring comments? I I feel like because I have a background in radio, I've found this balance of almost like commentating mid-song and in between <laughs> it's really it's such a weird thing and like I sometimes have people say in the chat you sound like you could be a radio presenter and I'm like I was at one point maybe this <laughs> that's why you know I feel like I've had a head start there um yeah I think I think um in terms of you know keeping the flow there it's uh <laughs> it's one of those things where um I think it comes with practice. You know, the more the more you do it, uh, the more the more you live stream, you'll find your own flow. Um, I sometimes like shout people's names out mid song, especially if they like drop a, a virtual gift or, or, or drop a tip or something like that. I always make sure I shout them out. Um, you know, if I find a, a bar or two in a song where I can actually, you know, vocalize their name. I, I always uh, do that. I think they enjoy uh, hearing their name. <laughs> Mid-song is a cool thing and uh, it's a fun challenge for me too. Um, yeah, I think it's about, you know, it comes down to the practice and, you know, if you can't do that, that's totally fine. And, you know, come out the song and then, you know, go into your flow of things. Having a script handy as well, if that's something that, you know, you're if you're really unsure and you don't want to wing it as such, you want to have or just some notes, you know, on your laptop or something. So you remember to hit everything that you want to share is a good idea uh, too. and might help with the flow of things. Cool. So we started off by talking about how this is really about community building, but I know that a lot of folks that are listening are going to be thinking, well, okay, I'll do the community building, but I want to have a vision for what is the way that you actually make some money down the road on this, or maybe what are the, the low hanging fruits, fruit things that you can do. I mean, you mentioned uh, you put some kind of a PayPal link or some sort of tip jar link that can be a call to action in any of these platforms. What are the, what are the other options? I know that you've got this virtual pass right now that was going to be uh, in, in simultaneous with the in-person tour. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about the, the virtual path and then anything else in terms of calls to action, upsells, cross-sells, all the stuff. Do you, do you push people onto music streaming services so you increase your streams there too? But let's start with the virtual pass. Um, what all did that include, does that include uh, in your current setup? 
Cool. So uh, with the virtual tour pass, first and foremost, um, I wanted to make it affordable, affordable for people. So um, with the virtual tour pass, uh, they just need one pass and they get access to all the virtual shows uh, that I do this year. Um, and it costs £20, which is like $25. Uh, but they also get like loads of different perks underneath that uh, as well. So with the exclusive live stream access on top of that, they also get um, cool, quirky rewards like their name on my guitar case when I come <laughs> to do the physical tour. Um, you know, you know, as long as it's not um, a, a weird like name that they want to put on my case, I'll put their name on my case if it's not a weird screen name or something. Um, <laughs> Also, I've partnered up with uh, One Tree Planted, who are an amazing uh, not-for-profit organization whose mission are, uh, ref- is, is reforestation, uh, not just in the US, but around the world. So we partnered up with them. So for every virtual tour pass purchase, um, they also plant a tree, which is wonderful. So um, we're doing that as well. They also get uh, a handwritten postcard from a random city on the road. They get access to a collaborative tour playlist so they um have you know control over (laughs) what music i listen to while i'm in the car Uh, i'm sure i'll probably you know regret that one down the road when i'm listening to some heavy metal (laughs) at some stage um then you know they also get um things like a merch discount um and also a uh role on discord which is a roadie access role which gives them access to a tour specific chat on discord so those are those are the some of the, some of the things that they get with the virtual tour pass um and you know it, it's a, such a good idea if you can include different incentives with uh whatever you're doing we also have an option where they can if they want to if they want to help out the community uh, who might not be able to afford a pass they can gift one so if they know that if they have um a friend um you know in in the community who they interact with often they can't can't afford a, a virtual tour pass they have the option to gift one as a as a present too um so yeah we 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 wanted to make it very kind of community centric um but that's initially what they get with uh with the virtual tour pass and i i love all of those kind of um kind of gifts or 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 you know premiums that people get for kind of participating joining in and so forth and as as on your i noticed on your gift passes if somebody buys 5 passes they get a physical lanyard uh if they buy 10 passes they get a love lock where you're actually attaching a lock to a bridge somewhere on tour um all the way up to your top level where there's a studio weekend with emma two-day songwriting retreat so you've built in all these levels which is which is pretty cool and i guess even if you don't have a a fancy snazzy website with all these integrated in you could do something like a patreon with different these different levels as well i guess totally yeah like i i always push people in in the direction of patreon um that they have such a great um it's patreon is such a great tool for you know uh getting your getting your music out there and you know your community being able to support you so yeah patreon will also uh is also a great option for that do you ever push your um live streaming audiences over to like a spotify or anything like that is there anything that you can do from this that translates into this other huge growing revenue stream of the music industry that seems to be driving a lot of the recorded side of monetization 
Yeah, I do. So when, whenever we have like a new single um, coming out, we always have uh, for on You Now, for example, a kind of drop down button. Uh, that's a call to action button that might drop down every every five minutes or so, reminding people that, you know, the new single is out and they could pre-save it. Um, so, you know, directing people to those platforms is really important for, important for me, um, uh, particularly with from a pre-save point of view. I'm always, you know, my I, I have a kind of weird script in my mind where you know I'm I, I can almost say it without thinking about it. My music is on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, Google Play. Like it kind of just like because I've been doing it for so long, uh, that kind of call to action uh, script is like ingrained <laughs> in me, and I always make sure to mention you know go and stream the music on the platforms. And what I do find is that um, people want to know how they can actually directly um, support me more than anything. So, uh, you know, Bandcamp is obviously an option in terms of um, them being able to support uh, in a more direct way uh, and, you know, the artists making a little bit more uh, from their kind of purchase of the music and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that call to action always works really well and always uh you know trying to move them across to to you know platforms like spotify it's always a good thing i think um another thing i do that might be helpful to people um is i curate my own spotify playlist uh, of music that you know i'm just enjoying that week uh and i might live stream and encourage uh viewers to you know make their suggestions and we'll check out the song live on broadcast if I like it I might add it to the playlist so there's that kind of community feel around building curated Spotify playlists too uh, which people enjoy that's always a great uh, a great kind of avenue to get people to follow your Spotify playlists and uh, you know discover your music uh, as well that's another great uh, option awesome love it you've got so many great ideas Um, before we wrap up can you tell us about what you're doing with smart speakers. I know it's already evolved. I saw there was mention of uh, some sort of journal from the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the uh, Amazon Alexa skill that I have is called uh, Emma McGann Backstage. And we wanted to create uh, a smart speaker skill that people could uh, use from home and kind of access my music in a cool way, uh, but also, you know, interact with like a game we have on there uh, and, you know, get a kind of daily update if we have a single release coming out and almost like a single countdown. Um, and also some songwriting tips uh, is another feature on the current um uh, Amazon Alexa skill we got out there so that's Emma, uh, Emma McGann backstage if you want to check it out um, we were actually thinking of integrating a tour a tour diary element to it as well for when we come to do the physical dates uh, where you know it's almost like a kind of almost like a kind of mini podcast uh, daily that you know they can tune into just from the comfort of their own home if they want to check how we're getting on in the tour uh, you know check that we haven't uh the car hasn't broken down or <laughs> any of the above they can tune in uh or they can you know just ask uh their alexa to update update them on the tour so we can give them all the all the tidbits and stuff um yeah so that that's the plan for when we come to do the physical dates uh we're gonna have that integrated either into the existing skill or, or make a make a new skill of its own for the for the tour specifically that's the bonus level uh, homework there. If anyone wants to go even further here, <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. it's it's so it's such a great inspiration to hear you, Emma, talk about 
all the variety of ways that you're engaging fans using lots of technology, but obviously with the, the, the goal of building that community and letting kind of the, the monetization follow from that. You're such a, uh, such a great role model for, for all of us who are interested in figuring out how to help <laughs> oh, artists. Thanks. Yeah. Happy so, to help. Yeah. Awesome. How can listeners find out about one of your next live streaming performances so they can see all of what we've talked about in action? Well, uh, you can check out all of the upcoming virtual concerts that I'm doing through the virtual tour pass uh, over on mmagan.com forward slash virtual tour pass. Uh, I have all my upcoming dates across, you know, my originally scheduled um, US shows that, you know, are not a thing anymore, but we're still bringing uh, the new music and the show we've had planned in the form of virtual concerts. So you can check out those dates over there. Um, and I go live on you now pretty much daily. Uh, and you can uh, see me on Twitch uh, weekdays from 8 p.m. UK time uh, as well. I always update my Instagram story uh, if anything changes or I do uh, or I'm doing a bonus stream. So uh, that's the best places uh, and times to find me. So come through, say hey, love to see you. Awesome, and we hope your U.S. tour gets back on schedule in the fall or whenever the world comes back. <laughs> to, yeah, whenever to we come back to you know to our norm. <laughs> <laughs> So we hope we can see you in person. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, Emma, be safe, be healthy, and uh, really appreciate everything. You too, Dimitri. Thanks so much. And thank you so much for listening to Music Tectonics. Please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Go to musictectonics.com. Sign up for our newsletter where we'll keep you posted of our future virtual meetups. We've just had an incredible week of four meetups online using Zoom. Um, also, what the future of anything else that we're working on. Uh, you know, We hope to do more in-person meetups before our conference in October in LA. October 27th and 28th is the Music Tectonics Conference. Thanks so much for listening. You're listening to Music Tectonics.